What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Valdez de Tacchio. And I'm Julian Perry. This is the Fuzzy Football Radio. so much for joining us today happy hallows eve to everybody it's friday october the 30th the day before lovely halloween although it will be a very weird halloween this year we hope everyone has a uh, happy and safe halloween so thanks for joining us today a lot to talk about a lot going on in uh, italian soccer a lot of drama a lot of news a lot of headlines um a very show. horror yeah. show for the city. Yeah. Horror show for the city yeah, in the UEFA Champions League and Europa League. So how fitting that it is Hallow's Eve. Uh, talking about the disaster in uh, Champions League and the Europa League for our Italian clubs was a very poor showing. We'll uh, break that down for you. As well as recap the Champions League and Europa League for you. We have some very interesting matchups for City A for match day six that we'd like to go over as well. Uh, some very exciting matchups. Um, and uh, also would like to uh, take some time and uh, talk about that uh, Roma-Milan game uh, later on down the road. But uh, let's get started. Let's jump right into Group A. Group A. Match one was Bayern Locomotive. Yeah. Big injury in that game. Davies, the Canadian, had a ruptured right angle ligament. So he's out two months. So for the Canadian fans, that's tough. That's tough. tough. Injury from it. And hopefully, we wish Alfonso Davies nothing but the best, and ho- wish him a speedy recovery. And we'll see how he bounces back from this. Yeah, just some not- notable uh, things that happened this game. On one of the goals, beautiful play by Toliso de Pavard. Pavard played phenomenal on the right back uh, position. Beautiful passing by Byron. What we always expect. Easy 2-1 win for them. Not their greatest performance, Yeah, but another win for Bayern. The other game in that group was uh, Salzburg and Atletico Madrid. A very, very exciting game. Big uh, comeback by Atletico there. Yeah, big comeback, big three points. That sits them uh, in second in that group. Dominic scored a big goal for uh, RB Salzburg. The Hungarian, beautiful goal. Outside of the boot this time, curled right around the keeper. They even took the lead in this game. So, like we said, big, big comeback from Atletico. Any, anything you want to say about this game? Or? Oh, it, was a, it was a great comeback by Atletico. Honestly, you know, checking the ticker. I didn't get to watch this too much of this game. Um, but uh, seeing that Red Bull Salzburg was up, it was quite a surprise. And then sitting everybody back kind of backfired on them. We knew Atletico was going to press them, especially being down with that deficit. Uh, good credit to Atletico Madrid on the comeback. Well-deserved win. Uh, Red, Red Bull Salzburg will look at this as a missed opportunity for sure. Yeah, and draw Felix. Amazing game yeah. by the young Portuguese uh, forward. Scored two goals, put in a man of the match performance. Was almost perfect in that match. Yeah, I, I, you know it's very good for the Portuguese fans to see this. You know, there's there is a there is some wonder because you know Ronaldo is coming to the end of his career. So who's going to take that mantle? And it looks like Joao Felix is the guy. Yeah, he looks like the real deal, Joao Felix. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll move on to Group B. Group B. Group oh, B. What a lovely group this is. We'll start with uh, Inter. Yeah, like Inter Shakhtar Donetsk. It was one thing I'll say about this game uh, is it was great to see there was ten thousand fans in the stadium. You could really feel the energy in this game, even though there was only ten thousand fans. What a difference fans make in the game, big time. Credit to uh, the young goalkeeper from Shakhtar, Trubin, nineteen years old, played a phenomenal game. He kept Inter at bay, made some big saves. 
Shakhtar did came in and did what they wanted to do. They really did. They 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 claimed the scalp of Madrid. They knew this Inter team was going to come and press them, and they knew how the Antonio played. Antonio Conte plays his uh, plays his sets up his team and just crammed up the middle, stayed compact, burst out on the counterattack, had some chances, and I think they're Shakhtar will be really happy with this draw. Yeah, it was definitely a good draw for them. It leaves them first in the group, uh, yeah. for one. This is only two months out since their five nil defeat to Inter in the Europa League semifinal. Inter played with the same intensity in this game, had the opportunities, but they cannot finish. Once again, that's been their Achilles heel recently. Is the finishing the defense uh, played it really good game they again? They did. For Surprisingly, they did. I, I I was hoping they'd give Ranucci a start after his uh, man of the match performance against Genoa, but. Uh, DeVry stepped in really well. Bastoni played good. And D'Ambrosio looks like he's really settling in on that uh, left center back or right center back position. Yeah, D'Ambrosio's been phenomenal again. The biggest problem with this Inter team right now is there's zero creativity in it. Yeah. But Ella's not a creative player. He's a, he's a hardworking midfielder. He is. Who's good at linking up. But I wouldn't say he's a creative player. Inter is really missing a creative player right now. I well, think looking, looking they, at the stats, their most creative player just out of City, yeah. Has been Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. What does that go to show you? Yeah. He hasn't played that much. That's not great. Ashley Young, too, is one of the most creative players in this team. Yeah. It's not good. Well, you have a creative option on the bench in Erickson. It just, he's coming on too late. Why is this? Exactly. I don't understand. You keep, B- Barella and Erickson are not the same player. They're two totally different players. And it looks like that's what Conte is envisioning. I know. Conte brings Erickson on with 11 minutes to go. Like, come on, Conte. Yeah. yeah. It was so obvious what this team needed. Within the first half, this team needed a creative player to link up the midfield, the defense, and the forward unit. And he waited again. This is a Conte special right here. Leaves substitutions to the last second. Yeah. And no time to create anything. No no. time to settle in. Once again, it is up to the players to finish. So you can't fault Conte for that. There was chances created. Lukaku had quite a few. This Inter team, you know, Lukaku really scores only one type of goal. Yeah. Okay, he's not a, a goal scorer with a lot of variety. Martinez has been really struggling. Yeah, as of late. He missed time. a wide open chance. Like, if that goes in, it does change the game. And yeah. then we say, oh, Conte, he's a genius. Look at this big win. But still, it's not enough. You didn't score the open net goal. You have to react. You have to come up with something different. Yeah. Brozovic, for me, doesn't cut it. As a deep line playmaker, he's not uh, decisive enough in that uh, no. position. No. But overall, good defensive display from def- from uh, Inter. The defense is uh, turning things around. Uh, we seem to have found the balance there. It's just our strikers are been terrible. And now we have uh, the worst case scenario for Inter. Their top goal scorer is injured. Yeah. It was just a matter of time. Lukaku's played almost every single game for this Inter team. And now he's injured with a thigh strain. Now you gotta hope that. Now uh, what are we gonna do? You gotta hope uh, Andrea Pinamonti pulls a rabbit out of the hat and just starts firing because that's really your only option. It is. You time. don't have another option on the bench. It's time to change the system, Conte. This yeah. his go-to play is hit it up to Lukaku, do one-twos with Martinez or Barella, and you do one-two pass into the net. It's not gonna work no. anymore. Change. It's now time to change the tactics, and it'll be curious to see what Conte does. The only thing I will say now after this game. Inter's next game is uh, against Real Madrid in this group. Yeah. They do the back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, one at Camp Nou. I mean, Camp Nou. One at uh, 
the Castilla because they're not playing at the Bernabeu anymore. It's yeah. under construction, and one at San Siro. And this is essentially now a knockout game. Yeah, for Inter Real Madrid, it's like a round of sixteen match almost. You would think these guys would be one and two in this group, but with the way the first two games have played out, one of them looks like they're going. In, one of them's going into Europa League, and one of them is going home. Maybe not even Europa League. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah. one of them, it does. It looks like that. These teams are one and two at the bottom. Enter third, Real Madrid fourth. Yeah, and now they play back to back games. That's going to be very interesting yeah. to see what happens in this group. And if you're Borussia Mönchengladbach and you're Shakhtar, you know this is great because you're playing back-to-back with each other, mm-hmm. knowing that both clubs have a realistic chance of making it to the next round of the Champions League. I think when they got drawn into this group, they probably thought they were write-offs. And now, look at it. Two games in, Shakhtar, top of the group. You know, Mönchengladbach, two great ties for them. I mean, it's it, it. this is a disappointment. This was supposed to be... A, these two games are supposed to be a battle for first place in the group, but now it's just it looks like it's a battle for survival. So maybe, in a way, that's kind of a good thing because we said la- we said last time when we previewed the Champions League that when the top two favorites in the group play each other, they'll usually play out for a tie. They won't kill each other, and they'll say, you know, we'll see you in the next round, take care of business with the other two teams. That's kind of what that would have been with Inter and Madrid had everything gone both clubs' way. But now you're fighting for survival. You're fighting for a big revenue stream and making it to the next round of the Champions League. So these games are going to be exciting, I think. Yeah, and we're going to see if Conte can turn this terrible European record around. Yeah. Inter was considered one of the favorites by uh, everyone. Inter was considered the favorite to win the group. Yeah. They're considered one of the favorites to go far in the Champions League. And uh, Conte... But There's nowhere to hide this time. This is typical Italian soccer. When an Italian club or even the national team is considered a favorite, they do nothing. The minimum effort, maximum satisfaction, yeah. as the Italian saying goes. Exactly. Give you a heart attack right to the end. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But let's move on to the other match in this group. Real yeah. Madrid, Borussia Mönchengladbach again. They took the lead in this they game. They took the lead. It took Real Madrid into injury time to yeah. tie this match. Casemiro on the end of both uh, goals, again involved in the in the yeah. first one, assist on the second one, or sorry, goal on the second assist on Benzema's first goal. Yeah. Turam, Marcus Turam, Lillian Turam's son, the Juve legend, left back, center back. He scored two goals, Marcus Turam, in this game. Yeah. And uh, there was a bit of drama at halftime in this game. Yeah, too, Benzema it? telling Mendy don't pass, don't pass the ball to Vinicius, Vinicius on his mother's life. <laughs> what? Well, what's going on? Like that's if you're Zinedine Zidane, you got to discipline in that. That the soccer is a team game. Whether someone's having a bad game or not, that's that that destroys morale in the locker room. That's how it can be at that level. There, these guys can be divas. They're very clear. Benzema's always been a diva, though. And that's why he's not playing for France. Yeah. It's Benzema. He's always been uh, a troublemaker wherever he's been. For sure. But he, he came out and didn't apologize, so... Yeah. We'll see how it affects this team going forward in La Liga and Champions League. Yeah. We'll see. Anything else to say about this game? No, it's... Uh, credit to Mönchengladbach. This is a victory for them, even though it was a tie, I yeah, think. They, for them to come in and, and, and take take draws from both Inter and Real Madrid in their first two games, knowing that they got now a head-to-head, like a home-and-home with uh, Shakhtar, you got to love it if you're Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yes. You really do, because you win these two games, you have full control of the group. Same goes for Shakhtar. Shakhtar, the... Shakhtar, there's not as much pressure on them anymore because you're leading the group. You know Inter and Real Madrid are going to kill each other now in these two games. And you can basically know that Mucin Gladbach's got to take it to you if they want to 
jump you in the table. So Shakhtar can go in, they can play their game, they can sit back, they can play out for a couple of draws, and, and they're happy. Yeah. So. And, and just one more thing before we leave this match. I just want to say how clutch of a player Sergio Ramos is. This guy came up with the big assist on the Casemiro goal yep. with a big header to Casemiro. The guy is... I've never seen any player in my life like him who pops in Arguably the, the best second. defender of this generation. He is unreal in the yeah. box. And again, he did it. He's done this countless times. And again, he pulls up with a big play for his team. Yeah. Keeping Real Madrid alive in this tournament. So kudos to the captain there. Absolutely. Move on to Group C. Yeah, Manchester City's group. Yeah, Man City. We'll start with... Uh, We'll start with Porto Olympiacos. Let's talk about this game so we can spend a little bit more time on Man City. So Porto Olympiacos, 2-0 win. Yeah, Porto needed that win. Yeah, that was their 100th win in Champions League uh, for Porto. So showing quite a good history. Yep, definitely. Yeah, not much. Solid win. Yeah, solid win. Teams were even. This is a very even group between all the teams minus Man City. Uh, So second place is wide open. Yeah. Right now, the table sitting City first on six points. Porto and Olympiacos, three points each, and Marseille on zero. Yeah. But not much else, I don't think, for us to say in this no, game. Right. much at all. Just a uh, solid game. Good goal- goalkeeping by Porto to keep him in. Uh, Man City, it was a... Domination. Domination, yes. 3-0. Full control of this game. Again, Ferran Torres scoring a goal, yep. opening goal. I don't think he's played a minute yet in the Premier League, but he's uh, got two goals in Champions League. He's doing, uh, he's doing what he's uh, what Pep's asking of him. So, yeah. De Bruyne two assists, the Dongan scoring, Sterling scoring an assist. So, Vilich Bosch had a funny comment out of the end of the game. He was asked something about his team. You know, why can't you compete with Man City? He goes when I have money like. Uh, like Man City does, you'll get a Josep Guardiola here at this club. Yeah. When a club like ours doesn't have the money, you're going to get an Andres Villas-Bosch <laughs> and his tinkering of tactics. He goes, that's the difference. So, yeah. honest answer. Yeah. He worded it different, but it was that was the gist of it. It was a funny answer. And yeah, Marseille, they just can't compete with the quality of this Man City no, team. definitely not. Definitely not. So a Big win for them. Yeah. And we'll move on to the next group. Group D. Group D. Another Italian team. We'll start with their game, Atalanta. Atalanta Ajax. Ajax. Yeah, th- this was a this was a tough game to call from the get go. Both teams very very similar. You would think that uh, Atalanta would have a little more quality, given that uh, this Ajax team, all their star players have been uh, sold. But uh, never count out this Ajax team. They, they they play really well and they expose Atalanta's defense in the first half. Um, some great goals there by Traore and Tadic. Um, just an overall solid performance on Ajax's part in the first half. Atlanta going into halftime down two nothing, got it together. Duvin Zapata steps up, puts in a man of the match performance and bangs in two goals. It just it was it was an exciting game and seeing Atalanta come back, but it was very. This game was always going to be difficult to call. They got to play one more time, and uh, if you think about it, Atalanta is kind of like the Ajax of the Serie A. Where they, they bring in this youth talent and then they sell them for, for boatloads of money. But exactly. Atalanta's keeping their players now. Uh, poor showing by Marco Sportiello in this game. Yeah, Gosens too. So the, yeah. both goals for Ajax came off of mistakes. The first one was a Gosens uh, yeah. a penalty high foot reckless yeah. on uh, Triore. The second goal was a Sportiello mistake completely. He didn't play good at all. 
the defense actually played decent for Atalanta. The Atalanta played a decent game. Yeah. It was just two poor errors that led to Ajax taking the lead and and Atalanta made up the difference. Yeah. That's the only th- positive I'll take out of this game for Atalanta going into their second match against Ajax is they can beat this Ajax team. They just got to keep the mistakes at, yeah. at a minimum. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the thing. They have the it's it's individual errors that are that cost them this game, but at the same time, credit to Ajax for capitalizing on them. Yeah, exactly. that's what you, you got to do, right? You have to capitalize on your mistakes. That's so, right. I think Ajax is a little more happy with this draw than Atalanta is. Yeah, I, I, for me, Atalanta played a better game than Ajax. For me, okay. Do you think so? Yeah, but still, it's still tough to call between these two because yeah. Ajax is capable is more than capable of being Atalanta. They really are. They're actually capable of beating anybody in this group. Yeah, it's well, a, it is a coin toss, really. Yeah, I just Atalanta too. We have to consider has been out of form recently. They have been. They've been uh, they, like they've been jackal and high. They need to get some confidence mm-hmm. back, and uh, they need to sort out how they're going to be approaching this condensed schedule. It's it it looks like it's taking a bit of a toll on them. Yeah, and it's something we mentioned at the beginning. They were popping in four, you know, five goals a game, and it was because of world class finishing like uh strikes you would never see strikes yeah. inside 18 curling around top corner amazing stuff that you don't see every week and they were doing it yeah week in week up for the first few weeks and you know that's gonna plateau eventually and it now they fit that plateau and those goals aren't going in for them anymore yeah so now it's time to adapt and not rely on wonder goals anymore exactly you gotta let your game take over exactly in that way uh so this is what we're seeing with atalanta yeah definitely definitely so good good draw there and you know, a lot to play for in this group still. Yeah, and in, in the second game, we uh, had Liverpool versus Michland. There was uh, a lot of players out of the game for uh, Liverpool. Yeah. From their starting 11. Fabinho, big injury in the center-back position. So Virgil van Dijk is gone with his yeah. knee injury. Fabinho is now out with a hamstring injury. I just got to say one thing. Player that impressed me so much in this game, Alexander-Arnold. So in today's day and, er- day and age... He played really well. There's no more number 10s. But you watch this Liverpool team. Their number 10s, essentially, are their two wing backs, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. The amount of times these two get on the ball, it's insane. They get on the ball more than anyone else in their team. So yeah. Alexander-Arnold is essentially a number 10 as a fullback. He is making the long passes, the short passes. He's dictating the tempo of this play in this Liverpool team. And that's a very interesting uh, tactic of Jurgen Klopp, how much his wing backs get on the ball. Yeah. And Alexander-Arnold is able to pull the strings he set up the goal with a beautiful one two with uh shakari he impresses me so much as a player alexander arnold anyway uh that's one thing i noticed with jurgen klopp's tactics here and this liverpool team yeah anything else you gotta say about this game well it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't a fancy win they got they went in they got the job done with their b team and got the three points they needed they got full control of this group and uh good for them that's a sign of a good team now yeah. So the way this group sits, Group D, you have points-wise uh, Liverpool first with six, Atalanta with four, Ajax on one, Michelin on zero. Now you have the big matchup, Atalanta-Liverpool playing yeah. back-to-back games. Yeah. Atalanta has to at least, uh, I'd say, get a three points minimum out of out of this uh, to survive. You can't lose both games. No, you can't. You can't. I think it's going to be very tough for them. Very tough. Very tough. I even think Atlanta would be happy with just two points out of this. Yeah, if you get two draws, oh, 100%. Yeah, you're that's happy even with good. it, right? You, got, you stay on six points. Realistically, Ajax is going to win out these back-to-back games against Michelin. 
They well, should. Michelin could surprise. Yeah, Michelin could surprise, but they're the whipping boys in this group. And so Ajax, I realistically, I see winning the next two games against Michelin. So they'll go up to seven points. Then you'll ha- then if Atalanta pulls out two points and they're on six, knowing that you got to play Ajax one more time. So it, it this group is still wide open. Yes. Still wide open. So we'll move on to Group Let's B. Let's move on to Group B. Chelsea Sevilla leading the table with four points apiece. Krasnodar and Ren trailing in the table one point apiece. We'll cover the first game, Chelsea versus Krasnodar. In Russia, Chelsea's uh, Bromovich, he's from Russia. This is the first game he could attend for Chelsea this year because he's banned from coming back to England. Funny story is, he didn't go to meet his new coach, Frank Lampard. You would yeah. think at any other workplace, the manager comes in, the owner of a business comes to yeah. see all the workers, <laughs> and he doesn't come to see you. you think he'd be in trouble. So it's kind of strange uh, that... Abramovich didn't go to say hi to Frank uh, Lampard, but what can you do? It was a funny little story, but on a, that was just a little side note. On the game itself, Chelsea has really locked up their defense now. Edward Mendy is making such a difference. He got he into is. our man of the mat, uh, starting 11 team of the he week. Is. What a difference. What a difference between him and Kepa. This is another clean sheet for Chelsea, and they're scoring now. Two goals yeah. from Timo Werner, one from Ziyech, the new uh, signing from Ajax, and yeah. one goal from Caleb Hudson-Odoi. It's just they look good. They look, they're, they're, this team's got way too much quality for a Krasnodar built team. Right? Yeah, they're they're looking like a, a dark horse. Uh, Chelsea, yeah, yeah. If, especially if they're going to keep clean sheets and score goals like this, they're looking really good now. It seems like Frank Lampard's corrected the problems. Yeah, got to fix. And credit to Frank Lampard jumping in and. Yeah, he's got to fix some problems in the Premier yeah. League. He's got to start winning some games. But he's the first British manager in a long, long time to uh, finish in a Champions League position. Yeah. For anyone keeping track of that. Uh, so good job on Frank Lampard and Chelsea. Big yeah. one there. The other game in the group was against Sevilla and Ren. Ren. 1-0 win for Sevilla. One standout player in this game he played phenomenal was Acuna. Beautiful cross to De Jong on the goal. De Jong popping in with another goal. Turning out to be a big goal scorer, big piece in the yeah. Sevilla side. Very good, very good bargain buy for the Sevilla. Yeah, they utterly dominated Ren, twenty-three to two on shots, possession. They just outclassed them. The Chelsea and Sevilla got way too much class for Krasnodar and Ren. I think Krasnodar. I know Krasnodar for sure. This is their first time in the Champions League. I think Ren as too, well. Yeah. So two first timers. Krasnodar and Ren. They're at the end of the day, they're just happy to be there. Realistically, if you're the manager of Krasnodar and Ren, you're. You hope you can claim a couple of scalps. You know how hard it's going to be, especially going up against a Chelsea and a Sevilla. And, but you know there's a the Europa League place in the round of 32 up for grabs for that third spot. So you're going to do anything you can to finish in third place and at least get yourself into yeah. the Europa so League. So it doesn't look like Sevilla would be going to Europa League this year. No, definitely doesn't look like that. <laughs> doesn't look like that at all, thankfully. So maybe we'll finally have a new uh, a new champion. Yes. So we'll move on to Group F. We have... Uh, this is Lazio's yeah, group, group, who's sitting top of the table right now, is Lazio on four, Club Rouge on four, yeah. Dortmund third on three points, and Zenit on zero. So we'll start with that Lazio game. Big yeah. news before the game, I'll let you divulge on that, Christian. Lazio, 11 of their players, or was it 12? They only had 12 starting players. Only, they only had 12 starting players in this whole game. They still traveled to Bruges, still managed to, to get a draw out of this game. You got to credit Simone Inzaghi with this because... With this team, we know there's no depth in this squad. There, 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 there's no depth, and have only twelve st- first team players available for this game. And Patrick came off uh, at halftime, feeling nauseated yeah. and sick. Yeah. So 
I worry about Lazio down the road, but this was a good draw for them. This is more of a victory for them that they got a result out of this against a Bruges team that's firing on all cylinders. Yeah, a Bruges team that played really good considering. Yeah. Uh, they outpossessed them, outshot Lazio. They actually matched Lazio. So kind of interesting on the tactics side by Felipe Clement. He matched Lazio's 3-5-2. He did. They should have They should have won uh, Club Bruges, but luck wasn't on their side. Yeah. Great game by Reina again. Echerbi again. Being yeah, the, solid back there. Yeah, being a Ho- true leader. Hoyt too. Hoyt played really good back there. Yeah, he's come in. He's done a good job. Correa coming in with a big goal yeah. at the beginning of the game. Huge. 14 minutes in. That was huge. Taking that lead for Lazio was a big morale That boost. was big. That was big. So. And Bruges couldn't uh, capitalize. After that, they were chasing and allowed Lazio yeah. to sit back, and it really dictated the pace of this game. Definitely, definitely. So, although... Lazio did tie. This is almost a win for them, considering yeah, okay. they had to move, for instance, Parolo back into the center back position after uh, Patrick, Patrick went out. Yeah. So, Credit to Simone yeah. Zaghi. He figured something. He figured it out to get a. He figured out how to get a result in Bruges. He did. He did. Very tough game. Yeah. Very very tough game. Very tough game. Who knows what's going to happen in, down the road with all these uh, COVID nineteen positives that are coming out of this. Well, it wasn't of fi- it wasn't officially listed as yeah. COVID nineteen yet. That's the only thing. So we'll see what comes out of that story. Yeah. Coming up this weekend. Uh, the other game in that group was Dortmund and Zenit Saint yeah. Petersburg. Dominant performance by uh, Dortmund. Yeah. Especially from Lucien Favre, he's getting a lot of uh, criticism in the German media for his performances. Uh, being called too much of a one-trick pony, whereas teams dominate play, a lot of passing, but uh, sometimes lacking that cutting edge. Yeah. Another goal by Haaland. He actually sets the record for the f- fastest goal tally for a player his age, I think, out of in Europe. He's the fastest to reach his tally uh, compared to any other player, compared to Ronaldo, Messi, Inzaghi, Van Nistelrooy, all those great legends. Oh, congratulations for that. He's looking like the real deal here. Yeah. What else can we say about this uh, Borussia Dortmund team? They're, they're, they looked good in this game. Outclassed Zenit St. Petersburg for sure. Needed to win this game and uh, got the result they needed. Stay alive and hopefully claim a, a top two finish. Yeah, and Zenit, on a side note, this is the only Russian team to ever win at Signal Iduna Park. Ever. And uh, so they were hoping that would help them today, but uh, it didn't. So, yeah, big win for Dortmund. Keeps the group wide open. Looking forward to the uh, other matches Absolutely. coming up in that group. Good uh, luck to Lazio. Yeah, good luck to Lazio, top of the group. Next group, Group G, oh. the big match. Yeah. Are you talking about the Barca domination? Barca We're domination. talking about the Barca domination. This. They poked fun at Juve by showing, that by posting on Instagram, the real goat yeah. <laughs> came to... Uh, <laughs> Seriously. was on display in this game and then uh Juve fired back with another uh, tweet pretty funny but uh anyway talk this, about this game here this uh this Juve team you can see how lost they look Pirlo's still trying to figure it out it just they looked horrendous only one shot registered on target this entire game for Juventus it depends. No shots on target. No shots. This is the first time ever Juve didn't have a shot on target in at home ever in their Champions League uh, history. 
first game. That's the official stat. Okay. Not a shot on target. Although there was three disallowed goals. It, it was a weird yeah, game. Alvaro Morata caught offside three times. Yeah, he pulled the Chicho Caputo. Now, the way you can look at that is two things. So you can say Pirlo's tactics worked. The difference was if Morata could get his big feet online <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and concentrate a little bit. It, we're talking about a different game here. That kind of is the difference. To be offside three times, to lack that concentration, you got to give credit to the defense of Barca, Arujo, Langley. They did great getting uh, Morata offside, but at the same time, he has to know where his uh, body position and body positioning is in relation to those two defenders. I mean, it, it's a weird game in that aspect. So not a shot on net, three offside goals. Messi Griezmann uh, pairing up good. Barca yeah. takes the lead on a deflection uh, off of Dembele's shot. Yeah, I think just weird Bar- game, very I, weird game. I just think Barca they look just look like they outclassed them big time, big time. Miralem Pjanic playing his old squad. Yeah, he put in a good. He performance. put in a good performance. Leo Messi, what what can you say? The guy was a stud in this game. Yeah, Messi's doing great, and he paired like I said, he paired up great with uh, Griezmann for the first time ever. Yeah. This is the Griezmann and Messi have not gelled well and yeah they look dangerous in this game Demerol got a red Leonardo yeah Demerol got a red now so he suspended Bonucci mm-hmm. thankfully was back yeah didn't look himself no it's hard when you're yeah almost a one-man show he's and it looks like he's battling something it clearly does look like he's still got that injury so that injury is a little more Mike so my question this game we brought him up the big Champions League flop here Dybala yeah, getting a lot of heat from the UV fans. Yeah, people, you, people love him. People game. hate him. All I have to say is, no wonder UV flirts with selling this kid every year. Yeah, because he is a big flop on the big stage. Let's face the facts here. This guy does not perform when it matters. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And uh, he was invisible. This, this game, game. This was a this was a chance for him to go at Messi, go yeah. at Barcelona. Barcelona's always been rumored. They're always in the media about possibly buying Dybala. Ronaldo's not in the picture. Like this is your time. This is your Dybala. time to take over. This is right? your time what to take point over. To, what a what a what a fire that should have been under this guy mm-hmm. for this game. And he, uh, and he can't do it again. This is Dybala's again. story all the time. Yeah. And uh, the one thing I will say on this Juve team, Federico Chiesa, playing for Juventus. You're gonna what's expected out of position, is you, out of position, out of position in this game. But you're gonna be playing this kind of quality regularly in the Champions League, especially in the later rounds. Playing out of position at the same time, at the same time, I will say we wanted him to go to another club eventually, so he could get this exposure. This is his first exposure in the Champions League. The only time he's played outside of Italy is when he's played for the national team. So now he's getting that exposure, not only for the national team but for club as well. So. A lot to learn for this kid. Yeah. A lot to learn. And what about Pirlo on his uh, subs? He waited to the 75th minute to sub uh, Weston McKinney on for Dejan Kulusevski. So they're losing the game at this point. One yeah. Ball. He brings on a defensive midfielder. And then again, he makes a sub in the 83rd minute. He brings on uh, Artur and Bernadeschi, who gives away the penalty yeah. for uh, Rabiot and Bentancourt. What's going on with these subs? La- seemed- lack, lack of experience on Pirlo's part, I think. It's a, it's a big lack of experience. He got shredded by Fabio Capello yeah. post game on the in the Italian media. Fabio Capello tore a strip right off his back. Uh, Pirlo didn't have anything to say. Yeah, it looked like he wanted to run away. Andrea Pirlo, they should have stuck with the plan of keeping him with the other twenty three team. Get your feet wet. Some players cannot. 
Some players cannot come in and take over a big club right away. It doesn't usually work that way. Yes, Zinedine Zidane came in and it worked. Frank Lampard... Solskjaer, Frank Lampard. Yeah, but Frank Lampard was not... The, Chelsea's not his first run, right? He, I think yeah, it was with Derby. Derby. County, yeah, Derby so County. he had... These guys had experience elsewhere. Solskjaer, Cardiff, Zidane uh, with Castilla, Pep with uh, the B team in Barca. Yeah, so why would you jump the gun on this? Like we said, arrogance by the Agnelli family. It just comes down to that. Pure arrogance. I just just feel for this guy because as much much of a legend he was as a player, right now he's looking like like a schooled coach. With this, he he doesn't know what he's doing. It doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, the subs. Are or very, he's not getting his. He doesn't have his tactics right. Yeah, the subs are very questionable. Once again, it's a weird game because if Morata scores one of those offside goals, we, yeah, we have a different game. You have a yeah, tie at that point for sure, and then maybe the lead. And it did take uh, to the 91st minute for Messi to score the penalty. So yeah, but still, it was strange. It was a very strange game. This Juve team looks. Like they have a huge piece missing, and that obviously is Cristiano Ronaldo. That's and the thing. So when you get Ronaldo back, you, we know it's going to change. Yeah, this he, Juve team is going to look a hundred times better. They're going to start scoring goals again, and they're going to get that fear factor back. Andrea Pirlo is not the kind of coach yet that can navigate through a storm like this when you when you're missing a star player. No, exactly. Ronaldo's Ronaldo's going to save him, like he saved Sadi. Yeah, he's gonna do the same for Pirlo. Exactly. Not that he saved Sadi. Sadi ended up getting sacked, but Sadi could have got sacked halfway through the season. But now that—that's what Ronaldo does. He's a, he's a coach saver. Realistically, you're putting in poor performances in the City. Ah, you're putting in poor performances in the Champions League. Well, you had the one—the game against Kiev was a good game. It was probably their best game of the season. Right? It was their best game so, against a young team. Be it, but they still beat them. It was their most yeah. solid performance. Yeah. Well, I'm just—I'm very disappointed with Dybala. I think. Uh, yeah, I think he's poor. If I'm Juve, honestly, next season. See you later. Get him off the books. See you later. You're get in the, the money you, for this kid. Yeah, if you're trying to get, if you're trying to ease off some financial pressure, you can get a good, you can get some good coin for Paulo Dybala. He doesn't fit your system. Get rid of him. It's not even a matter of fit the system. He doesn't. He doesn't perform. It's as simple as that. He doesn't perform for Argentina. He doesn't perform for Juve when it matters. The guy scores against the the minnows and he'll pop up with a big goal every once in a while in City uh, win you penalties and stuff Yeah, but it's not good enough Juve has players that can do that already Dybala we need Dybala to perform when it matters in a game like this this is when it matters Yeah, and uh, he stunk it up definitely bad again definitely definitely that's five games now Barca have beaten Juve the last five games yeah that's not much else to say about that game. No. Poor performance. Once again, does it matter because this group is so weak? Yeah. At the end of the day, probably not. So that's a bit of a blessing for uh, Pirlo. For Pirlo, yeah. And gonna, they can move on. Yeah, it's going to cover his blemishes. So with that, we'll move on to the next game. Not much to say. Fenerbahce uh, versus Dynamo Kiev. Nguyen, again, standout performance. This kid, uh, yeah. interesting story. Ended up moving to Norway when he was five years old. Uh, played in the European system. He's a great player. Scored a goal. Dynamo Kiev 2-2. What yeah. else can we say about this game? I think it's more of a victory on Ferenc Varos's part. They're happy to get a draw. Yeah, They're just happy to be in the Champions League, yeah. realistically. So Dynamo scored their first goal in four years in the group stages of the Champions League. So like for two minnows, it was a good... Uh, yeah. 
was a good showing for two minnows and they have some uh, interesting players both of these teams yeah and uh they did take a two goal lead the animal kiev two uh in this game took a two uh goal lead and then in the second half they just blew it last minute goal to yeah. tie it by frank boli for front of Arosh and uh we ended up with our 2-2 results so the table right now the way it's standing is barca on six uv3 dynamo and front of Arosh, one point each and now we'll move on to group h we have yeah. a very interesting match there manu manchester yeah. united ole gunner solskjaer versus julian nagelsmann's rb leipzig this was the biggest upset nagelsmann getting destroyed in the media for his tactics approach to the game and for his interesting cho- uh, choice of apparel his suits those skin tight suits <laughs> yeah seriously uh they just ripped Leipzig apart man you they did the score was 5-0 Rashford coming off the bench to score three goals unbelievable yeah record breaking right record breaking first player to do it since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah his coach so who knows maybe Rashford will be the next coach for man you and one <laughs> of his players will do it seriously yeah I just Le- Leipzig like wow first place team in the Bundesliga versus the 15th place team in the Premier League yeah and uh they got ripped apart they got ripped apart. This should have been a really tight game, exciting game, and it turned out to be just a Man United show. Every, like Rashford coming off played well. Marshall getting his goal. Greenwood was okay. The beak. The beak started in a finally diamond, in a diamond. So they so Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's tactics in this game. He was able to incorporate Van de Beek and Pogba. Yeah. in a diamond with Matic at the base of the diamond it worked. and it worked it, it worked. a lot of teams don't play this formation anymore with no. two strikers and it looked really good you had Greenwood and Marshall on yeah. top brought in Rashford Cavani played yeah it this, was, this it was United a great team, game and this Bruno United Fernandes team too. looks good this United team looks really good I think so, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got everything right yeah, you had, he, he must have felt pressure from the fans to play the beak a lot of people wanted to see the beak yes and uh Nagelsmann gave no credit to uh, Manu actually after the game. He was yeah. very disappointed with his players, felt it was all their fault, and didn't give any credit. Also, credit to Rashford. He's uh, fighting against his government right now for a big charity event to feed uh, yeah. uh, children at schools, poor <laughs> children. He's not only feeding the schools, uh, feeding the schools, he's also feeding Marshall because he gave him the penalty. Yeah, <laughs> so he's feeding, he's feeding his, uh, his team, team and the kids. So this guy. Give him a sainthood, Saint Rashford here. The guy's a phenom on and off the field. So absolutely, congrats to, congrats uh, to Ole. Yeah, yeah. Congrats United. To United, top of the table there. But no, uh, oh, there's another team breathing down their throat, and that's Paris Saint Germain. Even though they beat them in the first game, yes, Paris Saint Germain went down to business. Istanbul Basakşehir taking care of Istanbul Basakşehir, and uh, Moise Keane, the youngest. Now surpasses Alessandro Del Piero, the youngest player, Italian player, to ever score in his Champions League debut. It's no longer Alessandro Del Piero, it's Moise Keane, so remember that name. The one thing I have to give credit to Paris Saint-Germain for in this game is playing Moise, Tuchel is playing Moise Keane where Moise Keane is built to play. And where's that? Riker. So, go figure. Go figure. He's not a winger. He's a striker. And what does Moise Keane do? Bangs in a goal. He banged in two goals in this game. And he played that top with Keane and Mbappe. That 
that's a scary pairing up there. I I, I see what Perry says your man is doing. Like they and they did it without the very fragile Neymar. Yeah, who came off injured. Yeah, but if I'm if I'm a goalkeeper or I'm a defense and I'm going against Perry Saint Germain and I gotta I gotta mark Mbappe and Keane, who both have um who both have incredible pace, incredible eye for goal, dribbling ability, dribbling ability. I'm scared. I'm scared. And uh, this Paris Saint-Germain team went to work. Good on them. Uh, Kaylor Navas put in a great performance as well. Uh, and goal there. This is this team just... This was a good routine win. This is something they needed. They're on a roll in league, huh? And they kind of needed to get... A, they, they stumbled out of the gate against United. So this gets their Champions League campaign off to a... Off to a... Balances them off and gets them off to a start. So... Good for uh, for Paris Saint Germain and uh, picking up that win. Congratulations to Moise Keane for now holding the record. Florenzi too, another Italian in the team. Yeah. Right back, played a great game. Yeah, absolutely. Great showing for Italians because we don't we don't get a lot of Italians in uh, Champions no. League in the past. Yeah, in the past ten years, there hasn't been a great pool of Italian yeah. players. It may have it may have been a, a horror show for the Italian Serie A clubs in Europe this week, but uh, a really good week for uh, one Italian player, Moise Keane. So, auguri to Moise for that. Yeah, and hopefully we with uh, international breaks coming up in mid November. Yeah, if you can keep this up, another option now we think with Caputo and Ken playing that strike striker position. Yeah. Okay. You think Mancini's going to listen to that? Mancini's going to put him where he belongs in the wing. That's where that's where Mancini thinks he belongs. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Unfortunately, he's gonna he's gonna come off the bench and be a winger again, which is a joke. So yeah, that wraps up Champions League. You want to talk Europa League? Yeah, yeah. Just let's talk Europa League for it was. The only highlight for the Europa League was uh, Napoli big winners over Sociedad one nothing. Congratulations to uh, AC Milan as well three nothing win over uh, over Prague there. Basically went to work. AC Milan we knew that wasn't gonna we knew that wasn't gonna phase them. Uh, three not good three nothing win. Um, Napoli was the highlight by far, claiming a big scalp off the La Liga leaders in Real Sociedad who fielded their A-team for this game. Credit to Gennaro Gattuso, pulling through. Big one nothing win. And then a uh, very disappointing 0-0 draw for AS Roma um, against uh, CSK Sofia. Roma obviously rotating their squad. Depth seems to be a problem. The B-team's just not firing. Um, I watched the game in its entirety, and uh, Sofia just... They, they looked really dangerous on the counterattack. Paulo Lopez making a, a key save here and there. Credit to Paulo Lopez. He's starting to find some confidence. And uh, you saw a difference once Fonseca figured I uh, got it wrong. So he started bringing on the big guns. Pellegrini, Zeko off the bench, Pedro. That's when the game really changed. That's when Roma started to take it to Sofia. Still couldn't find a goal. But uh, we'll take the tie. Still have control in the group here for the Europa League. And uh, it's just, it's a blemish. It's a small blemish on their season. Haven't lost, still technically undefeated this season, aside from that default to Hellas Verona. So not too bad for this Roma squad. But uh, what can you say about AC Milan? AC Milan, 3 nothing victors against Prague. Undefeated as well. Undefeated as well. Just went to work. 
Yeah, the only thing I'll say, Europa League, we always said, was going to be a tricky competition. Yeah. Because it's on a Thursday. It's yeah. so close to the weekend fixtures. The positive to take from this, from the City Ad teams, is that they're all in a position right now to advance into the next round. So yep. they're just getting the job done. Yeah. You don't have to come out of the group stage as 6-0, and 20 no. goals, 4-0 against. You just got to get a job done here, come out with minimal injuries, and do your work in the knockout stages. So yeah. we can say... All the Italian teams are doing what they have to do right now in Europa League. Yeah, they're just going. They're doing their business, right? They're doing their business. Uh, one shout out uh, to uh, our friend, another manager that is actually doing really well with this Rangers team um, is in uh, Stephen Gerrard. So Stephen Gerrard, between England and Scotland, is the only coach left with an undefeated record. So congratulations to Stevie G. Uh, doing really well with this Rangers squad and uh, punching above their weight, that's for sure. Dominic, Rangers is now has firm control of the Scottish Premier League and uh, big win yesterday over like Poznan, one nothing. They have full control in the Europa League group. So credit to Stevie G and the work he's doing there for Rangers, bringing them back to the, to the promised land here of success for Scottish football. Um, this has been long overdue, especially with all the issues that was happening in... Uh, with uh, Rangers, where they had to get, uh, where they declared, I believe they declared bankruptcy and got relegated all the way down to the bottom division. Had to work their way up. They're finally back up, and uh, Celtic actually has something that they have to deal with in the Scottish Premier League now. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, and that wraps up Europe. Let's talk about quickly Roma Milan. Yeah. Three. Uh, Giacomelli getting suspended, dropped down to Serie B. Yeah. Him and the VAR official, terrible job. Uh, joke. Made, yeah. made City I look like a joke with this refing. It it, uh, it was. Uh, watching this game in its entirety, this game should have been a classic. This game was not a classic. This game was ruined by uh, by Giacomelli, by the ref, by the VAR. The, the one thing I don't understand is VAR is supposed to help you. So the big controversy was Giacomelli first, for the first... I don't know, 60, 65 minutes, he's afraid to give a card. Fouls are happening right in front of him, and he's just letting it go. And it's like, I don't understand. So there's a lot of inconsistency with his how he how he was controlling the game. Then the penalties happen. So, you know, as a Roma fan, you should be happy that you're getting a penalty to tie this game. Realistically, it's like it's 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 garbage. It was it was a poor way to tie the game, was not deserved. Um, and then obviously wasn't a foul on Pedro to begin with. And you have the opportunity to look at VAR. The VAR official is able to tell you through the headset, hey, look, we, you know, you, you should go take a look at it. And he, when you have that technology, why not use it? He chose not to use it and allowed the penalty to happen. The penalty happened. And then another foul happens with, uh, with Roma. It's more so a non-foul. But it's a makeup penalty. Hundred percent a makeup penalty. 100%. They're not supposed to exist, but this was a yeah. Makeup this penalty. was a makeup penalty for that to put uh, Milan up three to two. It just it was it, it's so poor, and it makes it make. This is why people don't take the city out so seriously because of you know gaffes like this. Like you don't hear of gaffes like or like poor refing like this happen in in the other in the other big leagues around the world. You really don't. Yes, there are mistakes here and there, but this was a, a what should have been a classic game turned out to be a horrendous game uh, just basically on what Giacomelli's done. He's been suspended for two match days and he has to start from B City of B. I don't think it's enough, especially when you're a ref supposedly of high caliber refing the City of 
arguably one of which is supposed to be one of the big five leagues in the world and you put in that kind of performance it's it's a joke it's an absolute joke um the result is the result 3-3 draw we'll take it uh i know milan is a little more upset about that result than we are first yeah roma is the first team to knock uh two points off of this milan team yeah and uh i I've heard the Milan fans for the past few days complaining, oh, we should have won this game, we should have won this game. Liao came out and said he's uh, angry that they should have won this game. The game itself, Roma had chances, Milan had chances. Milan capitalized on Roma errors. Roma made two big errors, one at the start of the game and one at the start of the second half, which Paulo Fonseca would have been furious for. And then you have that makeup penalty to set your, those are your three goals. And Roma capitalized on, uh, on a mistake on the corner, and then same thing, you know, Kambula capitalized on a mistake as well. So it this, it was basically the result. I think was a draw was fair. Just the way it was done was not was was uh, was not fair. It was a bit of an embarrassment. All right, and let's talk uh, Syria this upcoming weekend. Let's yeah. Preview it. So some big games coming up here. We'll start with game number one, Crotone Atalanta. Let's do it. Let's do it. Crotone Atalanta. So Atalanta needs to win this game. Out of form. Out of form. Need a little confidence. I think they have a little bit of confidence after coming back in that Ajax game. They're you know they 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 really won and dominated that second half of the game. So they lost two games in a row. Drew Ajax. Yeah. Atalanta. I just don't see Crotone getting a result here. There's a lot of pressure on the manager too. The manager's been basically been given a couple of games. With uh, another potential manager, Roberto Diversa, waiting in the wings, former coach of Parma, there's a lot of pressure on this Crotona team to 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 get a result here. I just don't know how you can get a result against this Atalanta team. This Atalanta team knows that they have to win to stay, basically stay in the race. Their their ambitions are top four. Realistically, it's not a Scudetto, um, but if they want to stay in the Scudetto conversation and they want to solidify a top four status, they got to capitalize on a game like this. Even though they are they are in Calabria for this game, I think Atalanta wins this game. Yeah, Atalanta should win. They're they're uh, missing their talisman, Luca Cigarini. He's the captain in the midfield. He's gone. Emmanuel uh, Rivier, yeah. backup striker Dragus, is out in the midfield too. Uh, for Atalanta, you're looking at Martin Darun and Mattia Caldara, who hasn't uh, played for Atalanta. They're out. So expect uh, Mirunchuk and Pasina to feature in this lineup. It should be a pretty straightforward win. For Atalanta, maybe some question marks in the midfield area, but uh, Crotone is missing some big pieces too, and uh, I think this is a good rebound. There's no way Atalanta loses three games in a row in no. Serie A. No. They, uh, I think, get an easy victory here. We'll uh, preview Internazionale and Parma Calcio 1913. Yeah. Uh, Inter's got a... They got a big problem now. They have Lukaku out, Stefano Senzi still out, Sanchez is out, Matias Vecino, who's no longer even involved in the squad, he's out. No creativity in the center squad up against a, a Parma team who is really backed into a corner now. And when teams are backed into a corner, that's when they can be the most dangerous. Uh, what do we expect out of the center team? Well, you expect Conte to find a way to win. That's what he was known for in his days with Juve. You need, you need, you need to keep going. the The objective is a scudetto. Yes, you're disappointed that you 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 tied Shakhtar. Get over it, because your primary objective is a scudetto this year. So, win this game. You, this Parma team, yes, they are backed into a corner. I just, 
I mean, if he could set up a team back in the day to make Alessandro Matri look like a superstar, yeah, he should be able to do it with uh, Pinomonte and yeah, Pinomonte and Martinez. Mar- Martinez. They they should be able to find something. I'd like to see Erickson start this game. Give that give that cre- creativity, especially because Erickson's in the media. He had a Q and A with the Denmark Football Association. And uh, when that when they talked about his playing time, he said, "Ask the coach why I don't play." And it's like, oh boy, here yeah, we go. And he was talking about two finishing off in Denmark, so it's not it's not looking good for uh, no. Ericsson. Conte is pissing him off. Yeah, he's not playing him. You know, Ericsson isn't backing up every game that he's brought on with no. great performances. But at the same time, you're you're not giving this guy consistency. You're giving him 11 minutes at the end of the game. You're yeah. You're taking him off when he does play at like the fiftieth uh, minute mark. It's yeah. you're shattering this guy's confidence. The yeah, talent is there. There's no doubt about this guy's yeah. talent. Absolutely, give the man a chance. Absolutely, there's no need to play uh, for me Brozovic in this game. There's no, no need to play. You can rotate. You can rotate your squad with this Parma team. Even though Parma are backed into a corner, they don't have the pieces to overcome this Inter team. And Devray and Bastoni, Darmian, they're so good on the ball already as it is. You don't need yeah. Brozovic back there to yeah. be dictated. Well, there might play. be a rotation, and they're probably going to bring in Ranocchio for this game, considering that he had a really good game against Chen. Yeah, I want to see Ashley Young, because like I said, Ashley Young, believe it or not, is one of Inter's most creative players. Yeah, he's playing really well with Inter. He's he, fitting into the system really well. He's a big piece. He he does a lot of uh, creating on the wings with his yeah. crosses and his, his passes into the front line. And Hakimi, too, he has to raise his game a bit. It'd be nice to see Gagliardini. People don't like Gagliardini, but he does play a vital role in this team because there is no player like him in the in the uh, starting yeah. eleven. And uh, that's it. We'll see. I yeah. enter. Are they going to get countered? Trevino, Caramo. They always struggle against Parma. Enter always. Yeah, just the season that Parma's having. This is a different Parma. This is a Parma that mixed up, doesn't know what they're doing. Well. They're a counterattacking team that has an attacking-minded coach, so there's a there's a huge identity crisis there. I just knowing what the objective is for Inter, these are the games you got to win. These are the games you got to win routinely without a problem. So get over your Champions League, and it would be a nice confidence boost for them, given that they're frustrated from that Shakhtar draw. So win this game. I think this is Fabio Livrani's last game. I think he gets the axe after this game because I think Inter's going to win this game. They're going to find a way. Yeah, I'll give I'll give Inter the win on a long range shot. I think by Erickson, he's yeah. going to score this game. I think Pinamonti's going to shock people and he's going to score. I'd, that'd be nice. It's yeah. it's kind of good because they see, rely on Lukaku so much. It's good to see. When you see that other name, the guy that's Pinamonte supposed to relieve Lukaku. And he was a great player. Uh, when he left Inter and when he was at uh, Genoa, Genoa. I was he yeah. performed good, Pinamonte. Yeah, he's a hard-working player. So this be- is the stage for him. Hundred percent highly rated as a youth player in the Inter academy. Hundred percent. So so far we're 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 agreeing hundred percent. So so far we've taken Atalanta and Inter. Now we have another matchup, Bologna Cagliari. So I mean I don't I don't know how to call this game. I, I, this game is tough because Bologna. You have you have a Bologna team that's playing really well, but it's individual errors that are costing them points, and that's very frustrating. Against going up, they're at home, but they're going up against a team Cagliari, who have realistically found what they're capable of doing, found their identity, have found the formation that works for them. Joao Pedro firing on all cylinders. It's that's a tough game. That's a tough game. It is. Cagliari's turned the boat around. Bologna is underperforming. 
once again struggling to score goals struggling to convert chances yeah it's not looking good for them. They they're gonna have to rely if they're gonna win. It's gonna have to come from Soriano doing something from the midfield. Yeah, or, or Sansone, Sansone or Cellini. Sansone hasn't even featured that much. No, but Shoten as well from the midfield. Yeah, they're gonna have to rely on one of these guys on a on a Cagliari team who's hit form now. Yeah, they've hit form. They've hit their stride. They they play. has got it right now. Got to give him credit when it's due. Right, Just change it up. It works. Joao Pedro's been great. Giovanni Simeone has been great. That that pairing of Godin and Valukiewicz in the back has been great. Cranio's been solid as always. They just this Kalia team now all of a sudden looks solid. Yeah, they've turned around, and we knew they had a solid team too yeah. last season. They had a solid team, started the season phenomenally, tailed yeah. off. You know, not much players have left. This is still a great Cagliari team. Yeah. It's just a matter of uh, getting a coach to find the right chemistry in this team. And it looks like he's done it. He's done it. Eusebio this Shocking. Year. It looks Shocking. like he's done it. But it shows. It shows maturity in his coaching you gotta give managerial him credit. career. Absolutely. You got to give him credit. But in this game, I can't picture Bologna losing, I think, their fourth game in a row. I think so, yeah. I can't see them losing I this can't game. see them losing. I was going to call a draw on this yeah. game. Um, because I think Mihailovic is going to come out and change something. He's not going to continue with the same madness that's been going on. Yeah, I think he comes out, changes the system a bit. I think Bologna more defensive. Bologna, Bologna are kicking themselves for not getting that result against Lazio because they they were the better team in that game. I think they just individual errors ruined them, and uh, I just they need something. In this game, and if it's going to be a point, it's going to be a point. So I'm going to go with the draw as well. It's too hard to call. Yes, it's too hard to call. So take the tie. That being said, first game of the morning on Sunday morning, November the first. Believe it or not, uh, Udinese host AC Milan at the Dacia Arena. So you have an Udinese team still not convincing me. Still not convincing me, even though they're they're starting to they found their scoring touch now. They're going up against Milan. Milan is very angry about what happened on Monday. They went to work against Prague on Thursday. I just think they steamroll Udinese this game. Tatarusanu's in that again for this game. He yeah. was in for the uh the Monday fixture. Yeah, a little shaky. A, a little shaky, but he's he's a, he's a good, solid goalkeeper. He knows City out well. He played with Fiorentina. I think he's, he he'll he'll bounce back from that for sure. This the quality of this Milan team is a lot better than the quality of the Udinese team. That's really all I can say. Yeah, the about quality that. is there. They have found their feet, though. Uh, I'd have to say Udinese. They Fiorentina. They were unfortunate not to win that game again. Um. Kaka's pitching in. Rodrigo DePaul. They're not missing any really big players this game. AC does have to drop eventually. They have to drop points. Well, they did against Roma. To, You're welcome, everybody. It's You're welcome. Be to the 18th place with Udinese. I don't no, know. I don't think so. I think uh, Milan right now has too much players in form. You have uh, Leao, who's been phenomenal right now on the yeah. wing. Zlatan has been Zlatan. He's been scoring. He's missed two penalties actually this week, which is unzlatan like. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Teo Hernandez bounces back because he was he his his worst game of the season was against Roma. He was non-existent in that game. So mm-hmm. it'll be and, and Calabria too. He Cal- oh Calabria got shredded by Spinazzola. Shredded. 
Yeah, I so can see why Mancini doesn't call him for the national team. There's just so many better right backs than David de Calabria. Yeah, so. going to be a tough game, but still, Milan, I think, had the form and the quality right now to edge out Udinese. Yeah. And if you're Gotti, the manager of Udinese, I got a question for you. We're going to start in net. Are you going to give Nicholas a third chance after those two games, especially against a Milan team, or are you going to give Simona the gloves? Knowing that you got, I think you got nothing to lose here. Give Simona the gloves, please. This, this guy deserves it. This guy deserves it. This guy carried Spezia on his back in Serie B last year. This guy deserves a shot. So hopefully, I would love to see Simona Scuffet starting in between the sticks for Udinese in this game. But if you're a betting person, take Milan. Next match, Juventus versus Spezia. We have the fifth place Juventus. Is it Juve versus Spezia, yeah. yeah the it's fifth, two games the same fifth time, place sorry. Juventus and 14th place Spezia. <laughs> Overachieving right now, we think. Yeah. Five Spezia. points. They hey. win Spezia. This will put them one point behind Juve. Credit to Italiano. I, uh, I still think you guys are going down, but you're doing a very good job right now. Especially with weathering all the injuries the in this squad, too. Yeah, weathering the storm. So, credit to Spezia. I just... Juventus. Before we get into Juventus, so the players that are out are Matthias De Ligt to sell out. Alexandro, Cristiano Ronaldo has been uh, in isolation due to COVID, but now is able to train, I believe, right? He's still positive. It's weird because he's still positive, but he can end self-isolation. Which is strange. I, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's the situation there. So whether Ronaldo's playing or not, we don't know. What do you think uh, Pirlo does in this game? In a, in, a sh- in a should win game. He just, I think Pirlo just tells him, go do, go to work, go to work, go do your thing, because you want to, especially if you want to respond back to Fabio Capello, playing against Spets is the best thing right now. Do you play, do you play Dybala? Why not? You got to get Dybala going, and you said so yourself earlier. Dybala scores these meaningless goals in the against these lower tier teams. You want to get Dybala going? Here's the here's your chance to go, right? Yeah, I wonder what's going on between Pirlo and Dybala's relationship. Because you had Dybala complaining earlier to Paratici in the tunnel. Yeah. Gives him his chance. Let's Pirlo down. You got to remember, he lets Pirlo yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So Pirlo must be very thin right now with Dybala. He must be kind of fed up. I just think they go back with... I just... I think they're going to win. But it's going to be interesting to see the approach to win. It's easy to just say win and that's it. But we're here... Yeah. You know. I think Dybala score. If he, Dybala plays, Dybala will score... I think Morata finally gets his feet together and bangs in a couple. So, <laughs> what a clown. Three disallowed goals. It would be For me, what would be interesting, I want to see Artur come in here, pull the strings in the midfield control, allow, allow uh, the wingbacks to get up the field, whoever the wingbacks are going to be in this game. I want to see Artur perform because I think uh, Juve is lacking that playmaker too in this team. Yeah. Just like Inter, they're lacking a, a, a guy to string everything together it's just too it's not jolly right now and i want to see kulazevsky get on the ball more uh around the 18 yard box yeah. that's what i want to see i think he's the real deal he does hold on to the ball a little bit too much still does a little bit too much dribbling but because i feel like he's isolated he feels like he has no one to pass to up front there and yeah. in the last game you saw dibala and kulazevsky they're not i don't know if they're not getting along or something dibala barely passed the ball to kulazevsky even if he was open he wouldn't give him the ball yeah and that's got to be frustrating for a new guy, the Kulazewski, not getting the respect from Dybala and another player who wants to be on the ball. So something's not working out there up top. It has to be sorted. If Ronaldo comes in, it changes everything, obviously. Oh, for sure. 
So we have to wait and see. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how Pirlo rebounds and uh, sets up this his 11 for this game. Yeah. I think Juventus wins this game. Next match. Yeah. Torino, 19th place Torino versus a depleted Lazio in 12th. Seven points. Well, if you're Marco Giampaolo, there's a lot of heat on you. Torino team sitting in 19th place. One of the poorest starts. And let me read out the players that are missing in the Lazio squad, okay? We have Sena Lulic out. Gonzalo Escalante out. Chiru Immobile is a question mark. Manuel Lazari is a question mark. Daniel Cataldi is a question mark. Luis Alberto is a question mark. Lucas Leva is a question mark. Dejavin Anderson's a question mark. Luis Felipe is a question mark. Patrick's a question mark. And Tomasz Strakoszka is a question mark. Holy. But they're question marks. They're question marks. Doesn't mean they're out. They're most likely going to be out. If they didn't make that Champions League game, they're most likely going to be out. I'd say more out than in. <sighs> That's a lot of players. I know they held on to Bruges. Yeah, if you're in Italy, of- there's no forgiveness here. No. They will. Yeah. Giampaolo, it doesn't Mar- matter. You win. If this you're game. Marco Giampaolo, you gotta win this game. Not only for your to keep your job, but to get this Torino's team going. Andrea Balotti is now firing, so it he looks has, yeah, like he has a goal scorer. It looks like Marco Giampaolo has found what he has to do with this Torino team. They picked up their first point of the season. Was it uh, last game? No, am I getting no, that wrong? Two games ago, I think. Who do they draw against? Sassuolo, yeah. It was against Sassuolo, 3-3. Oh, yeah, three, three. So they did get their first point. Are they going to overturn? Are they going to turn now the tables and, and pick up another point here against Lazio? I think Torino's going to win this game. You think Torino? I think Torino's going to win this game. They're at home. They really need this. They really need this. And then Lazio's just trying to stay alive, especially with all the... With, well, we already know the lack of depth in this squad. Now we know all these players that are questionably are most likely out. It's a total game changer. It's a total game changer. So I think Torino's going to win this game. It's it's a hard call. Like Torino too, they're missing Simone Zaza, who's not a big miss. No. Uh, they got they'll play uh, Baratoli up there. Ito. He's one of their star guys in the defense. Ito is a star guy in the defense, but this Torino team still, they're not missing anybody midfield-wise. Simone Zaza's a bench warmer. So mm-hmm. it's not a big loss. Yeah, Ito, they're going to it's going to hurt them a little bit, but they got enough depth to shore it up. Yeah, I, you know, for me, I'm gonna call a, I'm gonna call a draw in this game. Okay. I'm gonna go with a one-one draw. So Giuliano tells you take the draw. I'm telling you take the Torino win. Yeah, Lazio, with all these injuries, they're just managing to get by. Yeah, I can't see Lazio winning. Right, we both don't see Lazio winning. No, so. no, we'll what? see. On to the next game. Big game here. This could be the last game for your for your uh, favorite coach in City, huh? Oh, Beppe. Uh, there are rumors Maurizio Sarri cut his contract early with Juventus. So he'd make uh, himself available for Fiorentina. Exactly so. But we see a new manager, which I think is a good pair-up uh, for Sarri. I really do. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this team is built to play his system. Yeah, they definitely have the players to play his system. Yeah, I just stayed. What do you think happens in this game? <laughs> Um, Roma lose? <laughs> no, never, never. I, no, I, listen. If Roma are gonna lose, I can tell you Roma are gonna lose. But they're not gonna lose this game. There's no way. This is Fiorentina, and the reason why is because this Fiorentina team is just—it's gonna be—it's gonna be interesting because here you have a Roma team that specializes in counterattack. That's the best part of their game. But that's the system that Beppe Akini loves to play for Fiorentina. So who's going to have control of this game? That's going to be the bigger question. Roma's going to have control of this game. Yeah. You know Roma's going to have control of this game. 
But Roma's defense hasn't been poor, though. No, they haven't. So they can handle the counterattack. They haven't. And Kambula's, Kambula's been playing really well. Have to give him credit there. They've just... They've been... They got their A-team out for this game. It's the reason why they benched everybody yesterday. I just see Roma... Roma's going to win this game. And I think it's going to be... I don't know if it's going to be a tight game. I really don't know. I just... Fiorentina's been lucky. They've just been getting by. It's like you said last week. Udinese should have beat them. Right? Udinese should have got a result against them. So Fiorentina... They just... They're not convincing. They have some great pieces, but they're not... They're not convincing. And Castrovilli's basically been blanket, like putting a blanket over all their their like deficiencies, especially in the coaching side of things. So I think Roma's going to win this game, and I think uh, especially with all of the rumblings in the media, especially if Maurizio Sarri makes himself available. If you're uh, Camiso, you're looking for a way to get rid of Beppe Iacchini. I think it's happening regardless now. Yeah, I think it happens going. regardless, but this will put the this will make it easier for Rocco Camiso to make the make the change. So I think Roma wins this game. See you later, Beppe Iacchini. It's been a slice. Yeah, Roma did the double over Fiorentina last season. This is a better Roma team, a worse Fiorentina team. Right now, the standings show a one point difference between the two teams. It's not realistic. It isn't realistic. Uh, but Roma, this should be a victory. For yeah, them. and if Roma are even for top four, which we know they are. If they get there, who knows? But uh, they they got to win this game. Next match. This is going to be an exciting open match. Napoli Sassuolo. This is the last match. No, not no. the last match. What am I saying? There's three more matches. Yes. Napoli Sassuolo. Napoli Sassuolo. This is going to be probably one of the most exciting games of the, of the uh, week, of the match day. Now, if I'm Gennaro Gattuso, I came off a huge win against Sociedad. I put Atalanta in their place. There's one thing then that very the common factor here is Gennaro Gattuso loves playing these attacking teams. He really does, mm-hmm. and he coach he out coaches them all the time. I just this Napoli team to me is a Scudetto contender. They're going to keep the pace. I think this is where you see Sassuolo forfeit three points. These are the two informed teams yeah. of the league. Well, sorry, concerning Milan too, but the most two informed offensively. Yeah. 16 goals for Sassuolo. I think just behind Bayern in goal scoring in Europe. Yes. And Napoli on 14 goals. But the one thing I will say, Sassuolo has not come up against a defense like Napoli's yet. This will be a real test for them. It will. Sassuolo's record right now was a draw against Caleri. They beat uh, Spezia. They beat Crotone, they beat Bologna, and they tied Torino. So the teams they beat weren't the greatest teams yeah. in the world. But if you're if you're Di Zerbi, who is a phenomenal coach, this is the kind of game you've been waiting for because this is your measuring stick game, as I like to call them. You get a result against Napoli, yeah, you're a top six. You're a yeah. top six. You're going to Europe next year. You get a result against Napoli. See where you are. You lose against Napoli... It's not the end of the world. No, it's not. But Napoli, in this case, they have the way better defense. Sassuolo's uh, susceptible still just because of the way the Zerbi likes them to play yeah. from the back. They don't have... Ferrari is actually one of the best passers He's been in the doing league. really well, one yeah. The best passers in the league. Line them up, Mancini. Kicheris, on the other hand, isn't a great passer. He's but good going up against his old team, though. Kirakipolos, he's a great passer. So they do have great passers, but they like to hang on to the ball maybe for a second too long. I think that's where you're going to see Napoli capitalize. Their press is going to make the difference. I think Sosuolo makes a mistake. 
Napoli's defense is too good for Caputo, Barardi, and Locatelli, I think. And that's the difference for me. I'm yeah. going to say Napoli win. Yeah, I'm going to say Napoli win too. Two informed teams. Any fan of City, yeah, keep an eye on this game. That's yeah, going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. I don't think it will be as high scoring as uh, we usually see when these two yeah. teams come together. But it's going to be a great game nonetheless. I think the two most interesting games of the week of the match there are being played at the same time too. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Roma fan, but it realistically... Which which is unfortunate for the league, yeah. but... Yeah. Yeah, looking at the schedule, I would say, yeah, those are the two... Yeah. Most exciting uh, game, open games. Yeah, so... Next... You some, said there was going to be no derby. It's a big derby. Yeah, derby lanterna. Yeah. Sampdoria Genoa. The big one. All right, Claudio. Let's go get another three points, buddy. Let's go get another three points. Genoa looking in the shambles. Sampdoria turning it around. Yeah. Moving up in the table. Three wins in a row. Yeah. Against Fiorentina, against Lazio, and against Atalanta. Not easy wins. No. Genoa, on the other hand, the last three, they've lost to Inter, drew Verona, and they lost to Napoli 6 nothing. This is a tough one. Derbies are always hard to... Hard to call because derbies no matter the quality of the teams when you play a derby it's a different ball game it's a different well the fans aren't in the stands so it's a little bit different this time as well but I just if you're Genoa you know you need to survive this year you're trying to survive they're getting their players back and what better way to get a result than against your rival in Sampdoria if you're Claudio Ranieri, you're you've done a fantastic job. You're you're on a roll. You found your form. Teams clicking, and what better way to get your fourth winner roll than against Genoa? That's a you know what? I'll tell you right now. This is gonna be a tough game because I think Genoa is almost healthy now, aren't they? They are. They're rebounding back. I still have them down as a as a team that's gonna get relegated. I just don't think they're a, they're a bit of a mess. If you look, I'm a big. Uh, XG guy, so for the stat statisticians, XG is expected goals in a game. They are terrible. They have one of the lowest XGs. Uh, so, for instance, it gets Inter zero. Hellas Verona they had a zero point four. Napoli zero point six. So a one translates to a, a good chance of goal, and they created a two against Crotone. So they are under a goals chance for the majority of their games. Horrendous, horrendous numbers. In the Coppa Italia third round, they did score two goals against Catanzaro. Is that going to mean anything? Give them maybe some uh, hope? I don't know. But to me, Sampdori right now, they fit their form. Ranieri's looking dangerous. Yes. Genoa just seems to be on a downward spiral. Maybe the only positive is, yeah, they do have uh, some of their players coming back now. But I just don't think uh, Maran, I think Maran is holding this team back. Another uh, coach who's holding a team back, and I see Sampdoria win in this game. I think Maran won't be able to compete with uh, Ranieri. I think in this game, the pressure's more on Genoa to win this game because Genoa's got to stay alive. Genoa, looking at Genoa, you know, down... That's true. Genoa's schedule down the road. I mean, they're playing Roma next. Then we got the break, and then they come back against Udinese. So I'm going to... I'm gonna Go opposite of you. I think Genoa's going to win this game. I think Genoa's going to... This is going to be the upset of the week. Genoa's going to shock Sampdoria. Sampdoria's happy with their three wins in a row. They're happy with their nine points. They know they're not going to aim for Europe or do anything this year. Probably mid-table. So, it's not going to be the end of the world if they lose this game. I just... 
I think Genoa, there's so much pressure on Genoa to win this game and Maran to, to, you know, basically keep his job. So I'm going to say Genoa is going to win this game barely. They're going to barely win this game, but they're going to do it. All right. And to the last fixture, Monday fixture, Verona versus Benevento. Why is hell is Verona getting all these Monday games? And there's snooze fests too. I, like Genoa is such great, a solid team. Great team. Hellas yeah. Verona. They're the best. You, you know, the, best the one thing I'll say about Hellas Verona is they play the old school Italian Catenaccio way where they just shut down defense. One, one loss in five games. Yeah. One loss. In, going up against a Benevento side, people's is going to press this game. This is a game where people comes out and tries to score. Yeah. I think it's his undoing, though, because Verona have shown very difficult to get a goal against. Yeah, they're tough. And they're capable. So they're averaging a goal a game, two goals against. They have the best defense in Serie A right yeah. now. Uh, they're tough. Yeah. They're tough. They're tough. They prevented prevented Juve from getting a... No, sorry, that was a tie that game. Yep. But they prevented teams from scoring goals. Yeah. And the only teams that have scored against them are... Juve, who was the other one here? Juve and Parma were the only two teams to score against them. Yeah. So it seems like they can be got at maybe on the counter a little bit, but it's a solid team, Verona. And Benevento... Nine goals they've scored already. 14 against. Yeah. Worst, so worst defense in Serie A next to uh, Crotone. Yeah. I just... Defense keeps you up. Defense... And wins you games. Defense wins you games. Defense wins you championships. Hellas Verona is nowhere near winning a championship no. this year, but, uh, but they did. They finished high mid table last year. Yeah, I think uh, I think Hellas Verona wins this game. They're at home. They're solid. They haven't won in their last three. Yeah, I think Andrea Favilli scores again. He's got two goals already this season. Nice young talent to watch out for. And uh, I think Hellas Verona wins this game. People and Zaghi's gonna press, 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 press. He's gonna expose everything. Expose his gaps. And uh, that's where Hells Verona is going to counter. Yeah, I'll be interested. In my approach, I don't think people in Zaghi, it's, it's hard to know him what his approach is going to be. Does he under, If you underestimate Verona, you're going to lose. Yeah. He has to approach this game cautiously, make sure there's no holes in the defense because they've been shown to be terrible. Yeah. They can't, they can't withstand a counter, they can't withstand a counterattack Benevento. They played decent against Napoli, mind yeah. you. But Verona... Like we said, I have the best defense in Serie A right now. I'm going to say a draw for this game. Okay. So, I was telling you to take the draw. I'm telling you to take Hells Verona to win this game. That wraps up match day six. That does. Interesting match day six. Yeah, definitely interesting. Definitely interesting. But uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a great weekend. Some great games. Hopefully, our teams can turn it around. Yeah, it's a wide open Serie A this year. Yeah. Just going to take a string of matches to uh, get a team on the, on the run here. Exactly. Can make all the difference. So, is there is there anything else you want to talk about? All right, everybody. Well, we hope you have a uh, happy and safe Halloween. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we will be back on Monday to go over match day six and the rest of the week that's to come. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao.